Welcome to the Matt's Mobile Mechanics Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. We're answering questions about car repair, business, and automotive industry standards. Sorry. Sometimes I really don't want her to know how much money I spend on tools. <laughs> I'm a mechanic, not a part salesman. Kenneth, do we have to hear your Batman breathing? Sorry. Over here dropping dimes like an uncoordinated bank teller. Sorry. I'm Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. I'm Kenneth Blair, senior technician and co-owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. And we're live. We're not live. We're pre-recorded. But we're live right now. For the moment. We will be. We'll, we will not be live whenever this releases. So today... Well, some um, of us may not be alive when this releases. <coughs> some of them aren't really alive right now. So. <laughs> today on this podcast, uh, the Matt's Mobile Mechanics Podcast, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the hurdles, and not necessarily hurdles, but just kind of tips and how-tos sort of to start a mobile mechanic business. Um, more specifically on the mobile uh, mechanic side of things because there's plenty of reference material available out there for starting a mechanic shop and stuff like that, but a lot of stuff doesn't apply to the mobile mechanic industry. So um, obviously uh, I'm Matt Hernandez. I've got Kenneth with me today. And, and what's really surprising is that I have Kenneth with me and a guest at the same time. He's made it to a guest podcast. I did it. I'm <laughs> so, not sick. So uh, we have uh, Frank Cerrito with On Demand Mechanics here. He's the uh, owner and proprietor of On Demand Mechanics, uh, another mobile mechanic service in Tulsa. Um, uh, If you want to introduce yourself, talk a little bit, maybe a little bit about your business or just kind of how you you kind of operate. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, again, I'm Frank, and On Demand Mechanic is our business, and um, you know we've um, we do similar stuff to what what Matt does in his group, but but Matt actually does a lot more. So uh, one of the reasons we started partnering with you is I think we've got some good synergies there. We really kind of have the same ideas on how these businesses should uh, kind of treat people and and you know and operate. So yeah, and and it allows me to cover more bases because I can you know. Uh, use you guys when you're available to yep. help me with some stuff that we don't do. So, um, uh, Frank, you started in 2016 as well. Yes. So, um, what's what's real strange about this uh, <clears throat> is that so we started around the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started October 2016, correct? Yes. I started in I think July. It was mm-hmm. yeah July, June or July, June or July of 2016 in the summer. So a few months before. So we've been. And I, I joined in this whole endeavor in November of 2016. Yeah. So what's real strange is the similarities between our businesses, our practices, and policies. It would almost seem as though over the last couple of years we've been like talking and exchanging ideas. Yeah, well, I've been stalking you actually. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reality that's is the creepy van that's, that keeps that's, following yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's, what it was. <laughs> it doesn't have any windows. What's up with that? It says free candy on the side. I don't know. I almost went up to it. 
Yeah, well, if it said free candy, you would. I'm surprised you oh. didn't go running up to it. If it would have said tools, I'm out. <laughs> right. So, uh, what? What? I, th- this is kind of why I think we get along real well is that we a lot of our ideas and policies were independently kind of developed on our own over the last you know three almost three years, and. Um, and it, it, we, we basically came up, came to the, a lot of the same conclusions. Um, we, yeah. we kind of briefly spoke last year in the fall, tried yeah. to get together, uh, have some conversations. And then we started really, um, meeting up more frequently, uh, this past uh, couple months, um, to kind of work on some business ideas and stuff like that. Um, one of the things that I found when starting a mobile mechanic business is that, uh, it there's there's unique challenges uh, to the mobile mechanic and and being on site and doing things on site however there doesn't seem to be a lot of reference material for it that you can't you can't typically go out and buy a book you know mobile mechanics for dummies or look if there's such a book i would really like it yeah so there (laughs) it, it not only that but there's not a lot of stuff online um there's a little bit but it nothing nothing as um nothing that covers as many bases as if you wanted to go start a mechanic shop if you want to start a mechanic shop you can you can um you can go to seminars you can go to um you can pull up you can buy you know a library full of books on how to run a mechanic shop but nothing that addresses the specific needs of a mobile mechanic shop and so one of the things that we're hoping to kind of um uh hoping to kind of address is that uh, on this podcast and then also in future podcasts and in hopefully in the future maybe some reference material um well, and, and, not, and not necessarily classes. just reference material but how to mitigate through all of this this process because right. we're, we're looking at setting up a uh, a service with on demand to help the with these new guys coming in to where it's not yeah. such a uh a scary thing because when you look yeah. at the, when you look at the cost, there's just the cost alone of having your back office stuff for yeah. being able to do your billing and well, all of that. And that is a huge expense. It is, and sort of the, one of the things though that's attractive to a lot of people in the mobile, you know, starting a mobile mechanic business is that the overhead, the initial capital, is substantially cheaper than starting a brick and mortar shop. Very true. Yeah, however, sure. however what a lot of people what I think a lot of people do overlook is that there are actual real costs associated with starting a mobile mechanic business. And you kind of learn those things as you go and you start picking up some steam and you start you, you start increasing your volume, you need to add this to your, you know, to your back office, mm-hmm. you need to add this to your toolbox, you need Well, to- and the the biggest thing about <clears throat> building a clientele, like whenever you start a brick and mortar shop, it's all about the location. Yeah. You know, if you have a good location, good, you know, good place to put up some signage, everything's, you know, business is going to come to you. It's going to fall in your lap. Yeah. But in the mobile mechanic, in, in this world, that don't happen. Well, no. I think a lot of it's because, first of all, people don't even know we exist. And, yeah. And right. that's a problem we all have. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but as far as, you know, you talk about clientele, I mean, it, it took me three months before I even got my first customer. I mean, just, you know, trying to find them. I, you guys yeah. may have had some customers mm-hmm. that you knew already. But this was all kind of, you know, virgin yeah. ground for me, right? I didn't have right. any customers. I didn't even really know people. Well, so. I almost accidentally started this business, sort of. Uh, you know, I had started it with the intention of it being kind of temporary, and then it grew into something else. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hey, I've, I'm on to something here. And then whenever I started being purposeful about it, it it it, it worked out. It was a lot easier after that. At that point, things started well, and kind that, of that first clientele. <clears throat> you know, getting that first 
first set of clients is the, the biggest hurdle that most people have. And a lot of people think, well, you know, my cousin Jim or whoever will use my service. Yeah. Yeah. But what I've noticed in the almost three years I've been doing this, family does not use my service. I mean, they do. Mine does. Sort of. Yeah. And, well, it's... We have that, some. That's not what I was meaning. Yeah, it, it, it some does do. Not, it some doesn't don't. comprise a huge portion of my business. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a very well, small. You know, and they all want a deal, right? Because you're yes, so. yeah, exactly. You're family. And that's a huge problem. <laughs> you know what I Christ. tell them? I tell them that I just I give everyone the f- friends and family discount. That's so. right. <clears throat> Which is so. a twenty percent markup for friends and family, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, actually a good policy to have. Uh-huh. Here's the thing: <laughs> I need to implement that one. Mm-hmm. So what are so some of the things that like I want to talk a little bit about things. Things I wish I knew, like back then, you know, this, so this has been a long road. It's been, you know, it's, it's not quite three years, man, it feels like it's been a decade is what it feels like. It doesn't feel like it's only been well, you know, barely a, three years. We've had a lot of stuff that we've had to overcome and it's accomplish. taken, it's taken a lot. There's a, the first year or two, there was, it was everything, the policies were very fluid because you can kind of learn in things as you go. Right. There's a lot of things, scenarios you never, you know, you didn't think about because you didn't encounter them before. And there's, and there was really, there was no one to tell me and say, Hey, this is uh, you know, these are some of the things that, that uh, you need to know as specifically as a mobile mechanic. So coming into this, I wasn't, I wasn't um, a rookie to business ownership and how to run a business. Um, I had ran a business before I'd ran two businesses before this. And so some of the administrative things I knew and you have, and that's helpful. That information is helpful well, to know how to run I a business. Speak, yeah, that'd be I very can, helpful because I didn't know nothing about that. I can speak from experience <laughs> on that one uh-huh. because the back office things, I I have no idea how to do, or at the time I had no idea how to do a lot of that. Yeah. But where mine and Matt's partnership worked out really well, he knew all of that stuff and I could carry a lot of our workload. Right? <clears throat> yeah. I, I was good at what I, I'm good at what I do. Yeah. And I can go out and do the work and get everything done and do it right the first time. Yeah. And so it works out really well in that it, aspect. It, it yeah. is, and I, you know, again, I had a mechanic recently, and mm-hmm. we parted ways uh, for, you know, and we parted amicably, so it wasn't a, be- a big deal. But it was, a, it was, a, um, that's how we were, right? <clears throat> I mean, I kind of did a lot of the back office stuff. I generated the business. He was great at turning wrenches. He did all that stuff. Yeah. And it was a great partnership for me because, you know, I'm old and I don't like to do all that hard work <laughs> all the time. But you know. Um, but you that's, know, it, that's another issue I'm sure we'll talk about is is employees and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. So some of the things that I wish I knew. So I I had already known a lot of administrative stuff, um, and and I so I did know this. Here's one big thing I want to I want to touch on that I feel like. So I knew this, and I only knew this from past past experience from a previous business. And I think that one of the things you need to endeavor to do when you first start your business, and this applies to a lot of businesses, but uh, especially in the mobile mechanic world, you want to be paperless. You mm-hmm. want you want no paper in your business. <clears throat> now, I think why it applies specifically to the mobile mechanic world is when you're out in your service truck and you're out doing work and stuff. And you know, if you've got like paperwork or files or stuff like that back at the office, you don't have access to them whenever it's paper. Well, now that you mentioned that and actually bring, you know, there, there's, there's times where I'll go a week or two before I ever step foot in this office. Right. Right. So, So, you know, I've got, if we had paper, I'd have to make sure that I have plenty 
so the way that, me. yeah, and the way that we have kind of our office set up is most everything's in some form of a cloud drive of some kind in some way, fashion or form. So that way I can office from literally anywhere. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a situation, well, even, you know, I've been out camping before and, you know, I got to yeah. access, I got to access files and that's accessible as long as I have an internet connection via cellular or Wi-Fi or whatever. And I can do it, you know, from my phone. Uh, from a laptop, from you know a desktop, however, <clears throat> however I'm running it. Well, and that, that you can't do that whenever another, you're running paper files. Another aspect of it, uh, like I don't know how many times my wife has gotten on to me because we're mobile. Mm-hmm. We don't meet up and sit in the office and talk. So there's a lot of times where, you know, me and Matt will be on the phone for an hour and a half, two hours discussing what has happened, right, and what direction tomorrow is supposed to take, or like our our game plan yeah. for the week just went down the toilet yeah so we got to completely re- that never happens does it? yeah oh no it's it's a perfect world when when you <laughs> but, think you have everything figured out by tuesday think again because wednesday is going to come around and ruin everything and you've got to well, rearrange it yeah we we have actually had a situation where i got a complaint from a client yeah because something had happened and we had at the time there was uh i think three <clears throat> three more of us besides just me and matt mm-hmm. and at the time something had happened and i was their direct supervisor so I'm on the phone with them trying to figure out, okay, let's fix this problem before it gets too far. Yeah. And the client actually got mad, even though you know he wasn't being billed for the time that I was on the phone, obviously. Yeah. But he got mad because I was on the phone for 20 minutes trying to figure out and get my other guys, get everything for them working. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever you've got four guys in a week, just take, you know, it just tanks. You've got to figure something out because if not, somebody's not eating dinner tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so paperless can help accommodate that to be able to run your so to uh, from a from a mobile standpoint if you're a mobile mechanic if you if you run everything paperless from the get-go you'd be able to run your business from anywhere which is necessary a lot of the times because you're not especially if you're you know you're the owner and the only mechanic you're going to be doing a lot of that you're going to be doing Mm -hmm. a lot of wrench turning and business running at the same time you're going to need to be able to access your office from anywhere so kind of the you know greatest tools in the world that help you out on that front is Google Drive and the Google Office Suite. The thing I like about Google, so here's, you know, iPhone has iCloud and stuff like that. iOS has that. But Google is kind of the great equalizer across all platforms. And so you may have an iPhone. And, and this is a thing to consider anytime you're implementing a new app or a new software or something into your business. If you have all Apple products, that's fine. That's great. But whatever software you're using, you want to make sure it's cross-platform because you may hire a mechanic or hire a receptionist or hire someone in your business that doesn't have it. And so to have the ability to go cross-platform is phenomenal. Now that I I think about it, over this entire time that we've been doing this, Mm -hmm. I think we've only had one other person besides you that's had Apple products. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good point because I'm an Apple person. I mean, I have a Mac and an iPhone and all that. But, yeah. but I did, I same as you, I chose the, the Google Suite um, because because of that reason, right? Yeah, it's cross-platform. Right. Anyone can, so, you know, you may need, a, you may get to a point where, you know, you have another mechanic and he needs to access well, service here, history reports. We, we can actually speak from real experience, you know, uh, good example experience on that. Mm-hmm. Our Omaha division. Yeah. We can access anything from our Omaha division from here in Tulsa. Yeah, and vice versa. Anything that they need to access from our from our database here, you know, Brandon can just access all of that. Pull up yeah. his phone, and he yeah. can access everything he needs, and he won't necessarily have to call us or make a special yeah. trip to Tulsa 
we do everything complete. We it's yeah. all set up. And so, and this is why I say this is why I say endeavor to do paperless from the get go is because I've had a business before where I started out not paperless. I started into the tr- the the transition from paper files over to paperless and everything is the biggest nightmare in the world. <laughs> it is not fun, and if you want to make sure that in the and things will fall through the cracks, it's just it's a nightmare. Oh, no, not, <clears throat> so if you start from the get go paperless, you got to transcribe ninety percent of that. You know. If we have yeah. five mechanics out and each one of them has a, a a form signed, yeah. Now we've got five papers that we've got to transcribe and you know scan into an into, electronic database, yeah. anyways. Right. Yeah. So it's just easier to go electronic to begin. You with. You gotta go. Yeah. Everything's got to be paperless. That's just the only way to 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 feasibly do it and effectively and efficiently. Do and it. surprisingly <clears throat> enough, there's a lot of. Uh, different programs and stuff out there that you can use for this. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, it's not expensive to be paperless. In fact, it actually saves you money. And realistically, if you're using like the Google suite for, you know, Google documents for your word documents, Google sheets for your spreadsheets, um, the, that stuff is, is all free through Google. Well, so it's not costing you anything. Right. Um, well, and like our, our, uh, <clears throat> our document signature paperwork is what, 50 bucks a month. So $600 yeah. a year. Yeah. And that's the thing that, which we would have to, uh, speaking, I guess if we're speaking of papers and paperless. Um, we could talk about authorization forms. So that's, I, I segued that scene. Yeah. You catch that? A good yeah. Segue. And this is a good segue because, um, these are <clears throat> things that, you know, I, I guess I came in trusting and I didn't have a lot of these documents and, well, and yeah. you know, over time, you know, you're going to have them. So we, we them. did, we did the same thing Yeah, for, and for a good solid for year, a year long and a half. Time. Right. And that's what we would do a lot of times was, I mean, we've still got several people out there that owe us a lot of money from doing some, you know, pretty big jobs for them. Mm-hmm. And the sad part is it, it's not, it's not really the individual person. There's a couple companies out there that were waiting on yeah. a lot of money from doing yeah. transmission jobs on their big diesel trucks. Yeah, yeah, and so that's they refuse to pay. What you think? That's crazy. You know, or they or they just like disappear on us. And I've, I've yeah. got a, some. I've got some of those too. Yeah, just I can't find you. them anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and well, so, and I, I ran across him, and <laughs> he. We ended up going on a wild goose chase for yeah. about two hours. Anyways, so the point, <laughs> sorry, the point, side, yeah, side, side situation there. The point with that is that, like, you, you think, you know, you think you can trust your client base. You think, and they they have, you know, all these, it, they well, have all these great saying, intentions. It's not saying all of them are going to do this. No, but if you have a good majority of them aren't. Yeah, if but, you have, if you just have one percent, you know, ninety nine percent of everyone is going to make sure that you know everything's taken care of, and they're going to. But then when you build a 400, you know, build up a client base of like 400 people, that means that you're going to deal with four at least that are going to mm-hmm. try and uh, rip you off. And so having an authorization form and policies, having policies in place that prevent these things, because every single policy that's written in our company has a story behind it. There, there's a reason <laughs> that they And it that. usually is a story that costs us money. Yeah, always. <laughs> the, these authorization forms, uh, you know, yeah. these are... If we add up everything, you can. Well, these authorization to. forms were born out of a out of a you know a, a handful of bills from a customer that ended up not getting paid that totaled up to like three thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. So we're out three well, thousand dollars. We're like, well, how are we preventing the, this? That's just the one customer. There, there's more than that over the last couple of years. Yes. And yeah. even though we have these forms implemented, if you guys are not following the policies, yeah, it can get expensive quick. Because I yeah. guarantee we have. Every bit of twenty, thirty thousand dollars that we missed out on, yeah, because of these authorization forms. Yeah, chasing, they weren't signed. And chasing invoices is not a fun thing. To no, do. it sucks. And um, 
so one of the things that we were trying to implement before is, you know, we, we would take, a, a, you know, a PayPal or remote <clears throat> thing that you can take credit cards with. Well, yeah. that's all great until you're out in, you know, north of nowhere mm-hmm. and you don't have a signal. So mm-hmm. now I got a customer that can't pay me because, you know, my card reader's not working. Yeah. And those are the customers you may never see again, especially so if it's like a diag, we've, right? We've actually got, so we can, with our processor, we can actually receive, we can do offline payments. Now, the only mm-hmm. downside of that is, is if the, if the payment doesn't, can't authorize because say the card is invalid or something along those lines, you won't know until you connect to internet. Yeah. Um, but you can still accept. Sucks, but. Yeah, but you still can accept the cards offline. Well, and the um, funny thing, a lot of the customers that I've had problems with in the past haven't been the ones that are way far out. out there. Yeah, yeah. And usually, like if you know, if I tell them, hey, I don't, I don't have any cell data or cell signal or anything, either a they'll give me their Wi-Fi password. Yeah. So I can link to their Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. or b they're willing to follow me into town. Or follow me down the road yeah, a little yeah. ways to where I can get set. Because usually the people who don't have internet, their uh, internet, you know, or good cell service, they're kind of used to dealing mm-hmm. with those uh, those inconveniences. Uh, well, well and, but, you know, and a lot of the times the ones that we've gone way out there for, they're really appreciative of the fact that we went way out there. Yeah, and so they're, you know, we may yeah. never see them again well, some because of the, whatever well, happens. One of the policies that we're starting to implement is that you know you, you give me a card up front, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the whole idea of the mobile mechanic is that it's simple, right? Yeah. I come to you, you give me your keys, you go back to work, whatever you're doing, and I do my thing. I call you, I give you your keys, and and I don't want to have to chase payment, and and you know you don't want me bugging you every two days for payment, right? Yeah. So, so let's make it easy for so everybody. That's, a, that's the same policy that we've been talking about implementing ourselves. We're thinking mm-hmm. about doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, why not, right? I mean, yeah. you're gonna and, and sometimes and sometimes it's not a matter of someone not wanting to pay you. It's just they they weren't thinking about it and they're like, oh, I'll get to it in five minutes. And yeah. They're, and it's not that big of a deal to them. But you may be sitting here, you know, holding, you know, well, they're holding that, up eight hundred dollars worth of parts or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That, that same situation is why we have our parts our policy on parts cost. Yeah, that's why we don't have uh, why we have our limit at uh, hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that we we will not spend more than that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, we have if that if that situation happens and we've got seven hundred dollars in parts. Yeah, yeah, because it's 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 not it's it's not as hard to float the the money and labor, but it is real. It can get real stress or straining on the finances to start floating a lot of money in parts because I think. Whenever we implemented that policy, because there's a story behind it that cost us a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, when we implemented that policy, um, I think at, I think it, the final straw was like one week we were waiting on like two thousand dollars worth of parts. Um, that seven hundred of which <clears throat> was from one person, and and I think they ended up. I think it all ended up getting all paid, but it was a lot of phone calls. Not that seven hundred. Oh, okay, yeah. That but, that, that seven hundred ties in with our yeah uh, our yeah other but like, situation. But my point but that's is that's why all like, of our policies are in yeah, place in the way they are. We got we got most of that money, and but it was it was it was a week's worth of me making phone calls, chasing you know, <laughs> pinning people down. Said, oh yeah, I'll get to it. You know, in a couple hours, I'm in a meeting right now or something like that. Okay, okay. And, and it takes up time, and it's a lot of effort to track well, down this that, money. You know, that comes up with the same, you know. And that's unbilled hours, by the way, because uh-huh. you got to think about that. Right. You're, you it's have your to, time still. Yeah. Yeah. So as a business owner, when you're when you're running this business, you gotta you got to value your time. So what you want to do is you want to cut down on as much po- as, as possible, as much as you can, the unbilled hours you're going to be spending. It's going to happen. And when you first start out, here's the thing. There's going to be a lot of that. Here's the thing that I want to, that I wish I could impart on, you know, past me is that to prepare yourself for a lot of work for at least a few months where you're just going to, you're going to work six days a week. You're going to work, you know, 70 hours a week. There's going to be a lot of that to unbuild because you're working the back office and stuff like that. 
and you got to remember you're doing it to make make it better in the future and it gets better it does mm-hmm. well yeah. and if then if our partnership works and we get the paperwork and stuff lined out we can hopefully help with a lot of these new guys we do to mitigate that whole process mitigate that whole yeah that yeah. whole beginning you know, of growing that business that whole you know trying yeah. Uh, alleviate some of that growing pains that they're. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have their own growing pains. It's going to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, get. But if we can base. take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we can, we can. If we can take a big chunk of that out by yeah. being able to, uh, you know, resource from each other, it can make a massive difference on how so, many people do this and that are successful. I want to. Yeah. I want to rope back around to the authorization form real quick um, and talk about that for just a second. One of the things that why it's so important to a mobile mechanic, probably even more so than to a shop, is that for one, like there's a lot of legal things that need to be implemented into authorization form because not only do you need to be authorized to repair the vehicle, but you also need to be authorized to test drive the vehicle, things of that nature. Basically, you're getting permission from the customer, but also you're building in some fail safes so that way they have to pay you. Um, in the end, because as a brick and mortar shop, you have their car in your lot, in your shop. As an on-site mechanic, you may be working on it at their house or at their work. You don't have possession of that car. And so if they decide not to pay you, there goes literally all of your leverage. Like there goes, there goes anything Mm -hmm. that you have in order to potentially try and recoup your cost. And if you don't have an authorization form in place, it gets real tricky to try and recover that money, especially like say you decide that you are going to take the effort and spend the money and go to small claims court. If you don't have any paperwork in place, nothing in writing, I mean, verbal agreements go so far, but you know, it's, then it's a, he said, she said argument and whether or not you're Mm -hmm. actually going to recover everything is, is, you know, so document everything and having that authorization form in place is just a good way to cover yourself. And it also does in fact, protect the customer because any, you know, typical authorization form basically is going to say, Hey, I've got to do the work that you're paying me for, you you know? So it, it provides some legal protection on their side as well. Well, like like our, our form can goes a little bit further than that to where we can actually take possession of the vehicle. Yeah. And that's and that's where and that's where it's kind of important for the mobile mechanic. And here's the thing. Well, and I can actually speak from experience on this. Um, mm. I've had several clients in the past that have tried to uh, refuse paying me. Yeah. But you know, fortunately, I did what I was supposed to do. I had this paperwork in place, and all I got to do is tell them go back and read your your form. Yeah. Because a lot of them don't actually read that form. Yeah. They just sign it blindly. Right. And. Uh, and, as and, soon as they get to the spot where it says that I have, and, if you, you know, don't pay your bill, fortunately, I have the right fortunately, to ever vehicle, since implementing this authorization form, me. we've never had to actually, you know, have a vehicle towed away and taken no. to an impound lot. I've it, come, I've come close to it. Most and of the that's time, that's usually where it ends. Is all of the time, read your paperwork. Yeah, all of the time, what it ends up doing is it, it's a, you know, it, it usually the paperwork alone enforces the rule, and they say, all right, I'm gonna, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll take care of it. We'll, we'll, we'll get it and paid. The funny thing is, is always on low bills. Yeah, it's yeah. never the thousand yeah. dollar bills or higher. It's always like the three hundred dollar bill. I changed the starter, well, or and it, something small like that. And so what happens too on those smaller bills is that you know if you do have to take a customer to the court, well, how much is that really worth? I mean, you've got a hundred dollar. Yeah. Is that really worth going to court over to try no. and grab that money? So if and you don't collect it, also, you're out, right? Also mm-hmm. think about this is a hundred dollars even worth spending you know five six hours of your time chasing well, down this invoice, right? Not only that, right. but that that. Is that hundred dollars in order to file a small claims court? Just any, for anything under, I think it's five thousand dollars. It's one hundred eight dollars. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've got yeah. to spend a hundred dollars to chase yeah. them for a hundred dollars. Is yeah. it really yeah. worth it? 
No. It's, it, it's I mean, not. And then you've got to go to court. Well, and then you go to court, and, and then you win a judgment, and then guess what? The guy doesn't show up, so it doesn't matter because you still got to track him down. You, yeah. So now i got a judgment against him, which is great. I can garnish wages, but I don't even know where the guy works. Because yeah. I'm going through this right now, so I know, right? It's yeah. a $800 bill, and it's worth it to me, but... You know, yeah. it's just, it, it, and I've been working on it for over a year trying to get this guy to pay. What's so. what's the best way? You know, the best way in things that I wish I knew is you know having having the paperwork and policies in place that prevents it from ever getting to that right. point. Right. So that way, well, and that's like because uh, especially we'll when you're yours, new. For example, you know, I've had clients that have done tried to do the same thing, but as soon as I tell them, you know, go back and read that paperwork, and then I kind of specify which section to read. Yeah, and as soon as they see that they've agreed that if they don't pay my bill, I have the legal right to have a tow truck come and take their car. Yeah, and then not only that, but they're responsible for paying that tow truck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's their problem, yeah. And impact so, fees, uh-huh. and all storage Th- fees and everything is, associated with it. Mm-hmm. As soon as they read that section, they usually like, they usually right, pay. They're yeah. gonna figure it out. And, and this is why, like, it, and and it's it, never something is, that it's never like a job that I went into and it ended up costing more. Nine times out of ten, I've. It's actually less than what I originally quoted. Right, or it's what I quoted you. I mean, yeah. you agreed to it. So This is and, and why it's really important to have that paperwork in place, especially as a new business. Whenever you're young in the business and you don't you don't have a ton of cash capital to, to work with, like it, it wouldn't it wouldn't kill us if we had to, you know, we could we could survive, you know, losing two thousand dollars. But can you survive losing two thousand dollars when you're brand new? It's and we can survive yeah. it. I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. It's no, not, I don't like it either. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm that's not inviting. Not how I want to do this. Yeah, I'm not inviting people to decide to, to, to but not. Let's do put that disclaimer in there. Yeah, do not do that. Yeah. Well, well, what I'm saying is, is like you know, you, I don't have any space for anybody else's car. <laughs> you you got to think about this as a new business. Um, you got to think about is it. Is it something I can survive? It, in a lot of cases, it could be a like a small bill can really kill you. It mm-hmm. can really hurt you. It can hinder you because you got to have money to operate. You got to have money to you well, know and then, buy parts, consumables, the, tools. We we can segue right into another part here about knowing your limitations on what you can and cannot do. Yes, mm-hmm. that's not a bad uh, one. Since we're in this exact part here, right? Because we're talking about how much money can you lose, how much money can you afford to lose. So if you go, say you go into a transmission job on, uh, we'll, we'll use one of our past experiences here, yeah. uh, an F-550. Mm-hmm. The clutch for that thing alone is $700. Right. So that's where having your policies in place to where, you know, you make sure that you either, you know, it's over what you would spend on a part. Yeah. Or, you know, knowing what you can do and then knowing, you know, learning, because that's where we had to buy that $700 transmission jack we have. Yeah. Is because of the sheer weight of that transmission. Mm-hmm. It collapsed three different jacks prior to this. Yeah. So, so we had to go and buy a big, beefy tool, and that tool ate up all of the profit from that job. Right. Mm-hmm. Not only did it eat up all the profit, but then we also sunk money into parts that we didn't get paid for. Mm-hmm. So you you gotta you gotta kind of so no, I guess what you, I see what you're getting at is knowing knowing your limitations, necessary, you know, financially, like knowing what what are you willing to risk mm-hmm. is a good no, idea. Well, not only that, but knowing <clears throat> knowing whether or not you can do the job. Yeah. Well, we, we, you know, historically we didn't do Mercedes stuff as an example, because there are some tools that you got to buy. And I think mm-hmm. we talked about yeah. this earlier of, you know, I, it's hard to justify spending that well, $700 when you're only going to make a uh, you know, hundred, $200 on a job. I mean, well, granted, if you're doing more of them, it'll make can, it up and eventually, but we can roll yeah. into that same thing. The, the job that we're partnering with you on the engine install. Yeah. Which is, you know, typically out of your, out of your wheelhouse. Yes. Right. And, but, you know, having us as, you know, like I was saying, being able to resource off of each other, 
Mm-hmm. We you were get, able to resource it to us, yeah. you know, reach out to us about it, right. and we have all the tools needed for the said yeah. jo- for said job. We've already yeah. purchased everything, mm-hmm. so it's not which is <clears throat> it's not a not a hard thing for us to mm-hmm. to come in and and help you out with that job and get that job done. Well, you know, to talk about the partnership real quick, I mean, I think you know, going into this, uh, you know, I kind of thought everybody was my competition, but mm-hmm. we've had discussions where yeah. really not. I mean, partnering with you is allowing me to do more business than I was doing. Well, and not only that, so, but you know, me and Matt have discussed several times and I've discussed with uh with you and Karen about it. Um in the last three years, I have not once come across an on demand uh, an on demand. Yeah, no, I you don't see we've, it. We've never not crossed that and we and our service area is the exact same. We're mm-hmm. working out of the exact same area. I mean yeah. And we're, we're based in the same same radius as you are and yeah. I have not one time because and this is what uh, this is what I want to yeah. really reach out to a lot of and a lot you of and, you and Karen had said the same situation you haven't come yeah. across any of ours <clears throat> and and this is what I really want to reach out to a lot of uh, to, to anyone who's cons- either starting a mobile mechanic business or is new in the mobile mechanic business or if they've been around for you know a couple of years and there's th- the mindset of thinking that other mobile mechanics are your competition is realistically it's it that's just isn't it the automotive maintenance market in Tulsa alone is so big that <clears throat> the the only thing that we're competing against is honestly uh, is notability. Just people not knowing that well, mobile mechanics right. even exist. Well, it's a problem. We can actually throw a few numbers around at this. Between the two of us, uh, our two companies, just discussing kind of what we have in a, an arcing manner, mm-hmm. we're, between the two of us, we do almost $400,000. Yeah, last year alone. Well, right? to put to put that into and good perspective is we've seen. So we saw um, what was it a thousand transactions last mm-hmm. year. So a thousand transactions uh, and it was eleven sixty seven actually. Yeah. So so that means that we and and now uh, some of that was obviously repeat business, repeat you know well, clients, that, that's things what like I'm saying that. Is but we, between the two of us, last year alone, I mean, we, we probably just saw, shy of half a million dollars in yeah. we, business. We probably saw six hundred cars easily. And, and so, but we have not stepped on each other's if, toes. If right. between the two and of us, and there be, was, a, there was a lot of work well, that's that we the, turned down, which is what I'm talking, which is what I'm getting at is that if, if between the two of us, we saw a thousand cars, well, how many cars are in the Tulsa area? Mm-hmm. We could, we could do three times that and never cross paths. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty enough, there's plenty enough, uh, market to go around. And what I what I'd like to see is I'd like to see mobile mechanics working together to bring more notoriety to the industry because if the industry <clears throat> gets noticed more, that means more business for all of us. Yeah. Right. Um, well, and that's what I'm saying is the numbers you know, four hundred thousand between that's that's what the majority of it was. There was maybe five of us in that in that number. Yeah. I think you had two. Yeah, two. Of and us. we had between yeah. three and four. You uh, for that kind of an average of that. So six guys. Well, and we're we're just talking about, you know, us not running into each other. I mean, I I count I can count at least five other mobile mechanics that haven't run into them. I see mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I've seen their trucks, but I really haven't I've seen, seen them, or they're not. It's you. The customers. only ones that I've ran into, and I can't really say I've ran into them. Seen their vehicles? No, uh, I've got a couple of their clients. Oh okay. oh, okay. And they're they're the Billy Bob with a bag of tools. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, run across, I've run across yeah. them. There's several of them, yeah. yeah and then I've ran across one, one mechanic shop or one one guy that's been the same guy, but he's run three different businesses in the last year. He keeps changing his name. Yeah. So but it's kind of why, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and that's kind of what uh, my overall goal 
with us partnering together like this is to where we can hopefully get that to where that's not as common as it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. to build build um, somewhat of a, a standard the, so mm-hmm. that way people know, you know, these these are good quality mechanic shops that are going to be... That the convenience, you yeah. know, the convenience is the primary factor. So, uh, we were talking a little bit about knowing your limits, knowing your limits with your, not only your financial, but your mechanical skill, and then also your tools. So, what, mm-hmm. what tools do you have to do the job? Do you need special tools? Is the tools worth it? So, tools return on investment. There are a lot of things that you look at a tool and you're like, this is really expensive. Is it going to, so play it out in your head. How many Arcantric times are you going to use it? How many times are you going to use it, and will it pay off? And and can you rent it at O'Reilly's or something yeah. like that? Because if you can get it there, I mean that's that's the way we go. My until rule of we thumb, got something we use a lot, and then we're like, okay, we'll buy it now. This is my rule of time. thumb. The third time I need the tool that I'm renting, yeah. I'm buying it. Right. So if I need it, you know, if I need it once, and and this is you know this is basically in a year's time span, like it, that 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 counter resets every year. <laughs> so if I need if I need a specialty tool, I rent it once. And then the next time I rent it a second time, and then within the same year, if I need it that third time, I buy it. Well, and and then you've got those tools like you, you mentioned. If it's something you can rent, uh, our transmission jack, for instance, you can't rent that anywhere. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, you can. And can't. if you're if you're in a job that you need that jack, that you need like the low profile and the the height and all of that that it has, you've got to know whether or not you can do that. What the, what is what's the limitations? And then the biggest advantage for us is we've also We've uh, also figured out how to use that jack for other jobs other than specifically yeah. just transmissions. Yeah. It works good for dropping gas tanks. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. the 40-gallon ones on Suburbans. Yeah. It's a fantastic jack. Because it never um, fails. Those things are always full when those pumps yeah. go out. Yeah, that's, that's never the fails. moment. Yeah. Yep. You never get to so <laughs> never get a, to drop an empty tank. <laughs> having a transmission jack that can hoist, you know, what is that, 3,000-pound jack? 3,000, 3,000? It's big. It, it can it's hold some substantial weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then it's also got a low profile, so we can also fit it up under. I think it's a three vehicles. ton jack. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I know it's a I know it's a big it's one. It's big. It was the biggest one on the market at the time. Yeah. So <laughs> the tool the tools return on investment. You got to play it out in your head, and then a lot of times if it's available to rent, then I will rent it if I don't have it. Um, however, certain things though, I, I'm not I'm not even going to bother renting like a, um, a power steering pulley puller. That is a twenty dollar tool at Harbor Freight. Right. I'm not going to bother renting that because right. it's just more convenient to have it on hand, even if I'm only going to use it twice a year. Well, and uh, <coughs> part of the problem was, and Kenneth, I had this, you know, uh, discussion, especially with those stupid power steering pulley pullers. They're, the bolts are always stripped in the thing yes. when I get them. So, so you know, yeah. that is that is so aggravating when you're out, you know, yeah. not close, and then you run into that, and then you got to run and get another We run one. into, you know, I run into the same issue a lot with ball joint presses that right. you can rent. So if you rent well, a ball joint press. Well, a ball joint press, people, please. Just grease just the threads. Grease it. It's not theirs. They don't care. Yeah. So so if you get a ball joint, if you pick up a ball joint press from a rental just place. grease the tank you're likely <laughs> You're likely going to get something that's very well used and and, they're, and they don't cost that much. I went and did freight. a ball joint job not too long ago, and I forgot our press here in Tulsa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to rent one from O'Reilly's in Owasso. Yeah. And I've made it a habit to check the tool before I before I yeah, even leave the counter definitely. now. Yeah. I opened it up, and I had a brand new press. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I actually had one wrapped in, pra- in plastic. You know, they gave yeah. me a, a – mm-hmm. it wasn't a ball joint press, but it was wrapped in plastic. I almost, I almost kept it because I thought, well, this – Yeah. But, you know – and so there are certain things that are that are worth renting. Something I mean, that you know you're going like to use once a year. Perfect. <laughs> um, also, certain things that you rent that really oftentimes like they're not going to they they don't typically they're not typically worn out too bad. Like you get harmonic balancer pulley set, as long as all the pieces are there, it 
it's usually an all right set. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I've found them, they're missing pieces and stuff. And I'm like, hey, I need that piece that's not in there. And then they have to piece together a set to give me one. But the general rule well, of thumb is... that's often how it happens. Is, <clears throat> yeah. You know, somebody will lose one and then they'll pull a piece from this yeah, one and yeah. complete this set. Normally... And nothing ever happens with yeah, that set. Right, right. So normally my rule of thumb is third time I need it, I buy it. Uh, within the year because it's typically going to pay itself off if I'm if, 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 depending upon the cost of the part uh, or the tool but these are typically tools that are under a couple hundred bucks a piece and you so know we, we do have one tool that I can think of that paid itself off most and, of our tools that, a lot of well, the tools that, whenever we buy that, them pay themselves off specialty in the same job oil puck <clears throat> socket situation. oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes there's tools you can't rent and in order to get the job done, you've got to get it. And but fortunately for us, in a lot of these cases, those those tools pay for themselves that job, which is nice. Um, and and so you have to you just kind of have to consider. And whenever and whenever I talk about this too, especially when you're starting out, when you're a um, when you're a brand new shop. I don't necessarily think that you should run out and go spend $2,000 on a diagnostics computer. <laughs> I don't, you know, you're thinking, oh, this would make things so, here's the deal, like for the long, for the longest time. Um, Little technical difficulties. I, yeah, smacked my mic stand. For the longest time, I was working with a, uh, a code reader that had no more better capabilities than a $25 one you pick up at Walmart. Because I just, you know, I knew I knew how to troubleshoot without a code reader, and 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 with and with that code reader, I was able to gather enough information. But it didn't take me long before I realized that realistically, what you should get at the very least, you get something that is capable of reading codes, reading live data, read pending codes, and ABS uh, codes. Mm -hmm. And those aren't super expensive diagnostics machines. Um, you no. can usually pick them up for under two hundred dollars. And well, uh, Walmart has uh, had, had. I don't know if they still have it. They had one that was cheap enough. Um, I actually outfitted one of our our guys with it a while back, and it was like fifty five bucks. Yeah, and, and it was, the only thing that it didn't do very it well, it wouldn't read pending codes though. Yeah, it'd read live data. No, oh, it didn't read pending codes or not. Uh, it read pending codes, did ABS, and pulled active codes. The live data was where it had a problem. Uh, okay, it would it would do it, but I didn't I didn't trust it. I didn't like the I didn't like the way it looked. Yeah. Well, I think some of them some of the also some of the cheaper ones don't read all of mm -hmm. your live data sensors. Um, so you get but, like a halfway decent one. But like that a, one was was enough to get our guy started and get him a little bit of money under which his belt that, before he right. bought another. one. And that's exactly what I did. But yeah. and then I went off and got a you know a, like you say a two thousand dollars scanner, but. The, the difference in that having that is night and day is what it you is. can do. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I agree that, you know, don't, if you don't have 2000, don't spend it. Yeah. Well, and there are better, that's my next endeavor because I don't necessarily need it right now, but I do like the, uh, the multi-directional bi-directional yeah, controls, the, the bi-directional right. controls. That That's my next endeavor that I'm even, I've been doing this for three years and I still haven't bought one. Yeah. Well, but, and it's 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 becoming nowadays. It is becoming more and more necessary to have mm -hmm. those. But well, just, and that's why that's but, my next big. But tool just when you're is, starting out, yeah. there's a lot of things you don't need it for, and and you know, two thousand dollars could go a long ways towards keeping your business afloat. Well, not only that, versus but, getting you know, a code reader that you realistically only need well, a few times a year. And I think you also have to realize that on that two thousand dollar 
scanner, you 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 might have to pay for updates once a year. Mm-hmm. You might have yeah. to pay for licensing. So it's not just necessarily one time fees. So yeah, don't forget which about that's that. a whole nother ball game uh-huh. to try and figure out. You know, to try and talk about comparables in the market on the scanners because there are there are scanners that you either have well, to then, pay licensing or update fees. Things like that. And then like you've that. also got to look at. Uh, we had one scanner that we were looking at. Yeah. That you can get a cheaper, like it would be the same one, but you can get a cheaper version of it online. <clears throat> but you might get stuck with, like, if it's a, a China version, yeah. you're stuck with the support in China. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how Autel. So Autel is a Chinese. Made. I wasn't dropping a name. Well, the, <laughs> I don't mind tool brand names. Autel see, is. See? See? Autel <laughs> is. I knew what he's talking about. <clears throat> the Autel is a Chinese-made uh, diagnostics, uh, but there is there's two different places that they come from. There's direct Four. from China. Okay. Russia, China. I, I believe it's Russia. I'm fairly certain it's Russia. Okay. China, uh, America, and there's one other place. Taiwan? Possibly. Singapore. I'm, I'm just saying I'm not, countries I'm not at this certain. point. Yeah. I, I, know it's, I know it's over. <laughs> some in, Asian country. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it is some Asian country. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, the Philippines. But wherever you source that from, that is the support team you're stuck with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cannot call the American market and get support on it. Yeah. You have to call... Right, Russia which, or which wherever is from you what I, from. Which, from what I understand, is sometimes a, a little bit of a pain, especially when it comes to warranty and stuff. Sh- shipping it back mm-hmm. and forth, there's a long delay there. Well, and then the English, like if you you bought it here, obviously speak English. I don't know about you, but yeah. I don't speak Russian. I don't. I, I'm not very good at it. I can I, I can say apple apple juice, yablica uh, soak. Uh, I can apple say, juice. I think well, I see, can say that's no. cheating because you got Russian sisters. <laughs> that ain't fair. All I know is apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why that's something I know. But, uh, you know, you're stuck with the service from them. And even if you did call the American, you know, side of things or try to get to this, yeah. English, the state side of it, and that's they're going to redirect you back because yeah. there's nothing they can do. So they're, starting they are out, compartmentalized like that. So starting out, if you've got the extra cash capital, it's not, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing to have them. I think it's great that those tools, but I don't think, I wouldn't prioritize that, you know, number one. I wouldn't say go get a $2,000 parts um, uh, or a $2,000 diagnostic scanner. If you don't have a ball joint press, we're yeah. bringing, or, right. or we're, a good we're three bringing, ton low profile jack, yeah, we're bringing up the or, or half inch set of uh, sockets, yeah. Nice too. yeah. Right. <laughs> we're bringing up the situation about uh, you know not spending two thousand dollars if you don't have it credit because those, uh, okay you can go you can go to O'Reilly's yeah and you can actually have a charge account you yeah. can. Yep. But you want to be careful. You want to be really careful with that, especially mm-hmm. when you're first starting you, out. You, you do, and this is where I think we differ because I do have that charge account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and but you're right. I, I, I keep an eye on that very closely well, because yeah. it can get away from you real quick. Well, and not yeah. only that, but uh, if you have people that work for you or people yes. that know about it, yeah, and you know if your parts yep. person isn't paying attention, because I can actually tell you, you know, this. Uh, now, granted, I've got a you know really good trust history with my parts with our parts supplier. Yeah, but mm. I charge parts on your account. You did, but I let you. Well, right, but, but right, but you know you're you're not the one that did it. You were you were standing right there. Yeah, and she she was aware. You know she's aware we're working right. together. Right, but I charge parts to your account. And that's exactly why I keep an eye on it because mm-hmm. that's my issue with going well, in and there. And there's saying, nothing to keep anybody. It. So they they keep a list right of who can supposedly do that. But, if but I don't see anybody it, ever check it. Nobody's right? ever nobody's ever checked my and, ID. And I've actually I've actually <clears throat> yeah. ordered parts online, and you know they sit there in the wheel call ready for you. And I've had somebody else come in here, steal my parts, take them to another O'Reilly's, and and turn them in and get credit for it. 
Yeah. And so, you know, so you got to be careful on that. Well, because well, there's times I walk that's into why an O'Reilly. I'm bringing this up is, yeah. you know, and, you know, me and Matt, we, we have a cash account. Yeah. And we have, we do have a card with them and we have one on file, but we don't keep any money in that account. Yeah. For the purpose of we have been stolen from in the past. Yeah. And I, and, and I, and I don't want just anyone to have access to be able to have full access mm-hmm. to our business funds. Like, and not just, not just uh, random people or even mechanics that work for us or mechanics who have worked for us in the past, but, um, you know, O'Reilly's personnel, you know, yeah, parts say, we store personnel. Have, um, one of our previous parts stores actually had people that they're, they, they're, they're uh, employees. One of their employees was, was charging, charging things to a commercial yeah. account. And, you know, and the commercial perfect. guy didn't catch it. And, you know, well, he caught it eventually, but it had been over the course of months. Yeah. yeah. You know, whenever you get an extra $20 charged here, $15 there. It's hard to see that. It's, it's hard, hard to, to see that. Yeah. It's hard to quantify yeah. those little deals, especially when you're talking about the the uh, the sheer volume of work that we do in parts. Yeah. Right. I mean, we spent over $100,000 $100, last year. Yeah. And that was just through our parts. So that's none, yeah. of, our, that's none of our online sourcing. Yeah. And that's so, so that's yeah. I mean, no, I, I, that's it, where it's like you got to be careful. Yeah, you have to be careful with it. And and on top like even if you just have a, a a cash account like what we do, I like to I tell I tell every O'Reilly store that we work with, Poor. we don't want anyone, yeah, we don't want anyone using our account besides us. And we don't just let people and you you may think, well, it's no big deal if I let them do use it and they pay for it themselves so they can get my discount. It just, you know, it, it adds to my how much I spent, so it's a tax write off. Here's the thing, core banks. We have a core bank. Yeah. And that and, can add up quick. And it can add up if someone goes and char- buys a part under your name and so you don't bought, and, just, and it has a core and they don't return that core. No, right. <clears throat> injectors for a six O. Yeah. You know, they can use our account and they buy be able to buy all eight injectors for yep. fifteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the, and then they can bank the cores on those, which is two hundred dollars a piece. What are you gonna say? Which means now we're on the hook if they don't bring those injectors yeah. back, we're on the hook for sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Of yeah. core charges. Yep. Yeah. Which uh, so which, the, this this kind of all works really well with the knowing your limits and mm-hmm. you know not spending money that you don't need. Right. You know, I mean, granted, you know, I've talked to Matt multiple times about going ahead and opening a charge one, which you can choose which locations that it's at. Yeah. But it's still one more thing that we have to track. It is. It's something that we and, we've been thinking about doing, but we're just we're afraid of. Like I'm, I'm kind of. I'd have to. We'd have to just be on top of it all the time. Which you, it's doable. Um, it, it is, is doable. It, you're right, but it does take some time because that that's what I do, and it, it was really convenient. You know, uh, with with the mechanic, he can go in there and get what he needs, and you know, and just charge it and move on. But, yeah. But but well, that's also that's, a problem because you know he starts charging things like that's the thing that paper towels. Yeah. Like, no no no. I go to Walmart to buy some of that stuff yeah. it's cheaper right well I mean, we well, have what we had a, save a little money yeah, the way that we did it is what you know if we had a mechanic well, go in they basically would have to they'd either have to contact us or our receptionist to authorize funds so then we would transfer the exact amount over and so we're it it's not necessarily a foolproof way, but it, it's more present and more in our in more, our face. But, but you're, st- but you're still kind of keeping an eye. I mean, you're, yeah. you know, you're well, just keeping then, an eye on the front end. Because that's how we caught, that's see, how we caught money being you know taken from us right. through parts purchases. Because they you know say they called me and they asked for two hundred thirty seven dollars and forty eight cents, and they charged the customer one hundred and fifty six dollars. We're like, well, hang on a second here. You asked me for two hundred thirty dollars worth of parts. Where's the rest of this money at? Right. That's actually how we caught that mistake. Yeah. It was because we had people billing things at the parts store that they weren't supposed to be billing. Yeah. And they were telling us it was for the for the client. And then come to find out, it's, you know, they're buying parts for their car or, you know, something along those lines. And uh, 
it, it ended up costing us a lot of money. We had like eight hundred dollars that came up missing in less than a month. Wow. And yeah. We and we finally found the the yeah, leak. We, and we plugged leak. it pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm gonna say or knock on wood. I've had I've had good luck. I I really haven't had I, with the one exception of where that somebody come in and took my part and mm-hmm. turned yeah. it back in. But they they made that right. It was good. Yeah. But and it, I've and, been lucky maybe. So yeah. And that's, that's well. And there we, isn't. We've, we've had you know uh, one of a, another <clears throat> advantage for us. You know, part, with our partnership. You know, we at one point we had what twelve of us, eleven or twelve of us, uh, doing this. Mm-hmm. We had like seven or eight, including us here, and then we had three or four, three in Omaha. Um, I guess yes. But we we've, we've sure. got you know, and we had to catch that, and that's what made it took it so hard, made it so hard to catch it. It was, a, was yeah. because there was a lot the of large doing, volume. There was a large a volume of people and, getting parts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we're talking one or two from my standpoint. Yeah. You're talking mm-hmm. that many. You, yeah, you could. I mean, I'm sure your parts. <laughs> and this, and that's another piece of advice I like to I'd like to put a point out there is. Um, which I mean, is you know not to not to kick you or anything. This well, this is a, this is know, a piece. I'm of still going to do stuff my way. Kids, <laughs> so. Well, fine then, Frank. <laughs> this is a piece of it. This is a piece of advice. I'd love I'd love to impart to the, the things I wish I knew is build your policies and do things as though like build it for the future. Don't say, well, this works for me now, and I'll address it later. It's hard to make and changes. The fact we as, have made so many policy changes in the last year. It's funny you say that because when we were talking earlier about policies and stuff, you know, when I first started out, and it sounds like maybe you did the same things, like, well, let's just go for it, and we'll just, yeah. we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. But you know, I think something we can offer to new mobile mechanics coming in is like, okay, here, don't do this, do this, don't do this. You know, of course, most people are, are just, it's like listening to your parents, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're going to do it the wrong way anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, but, well, you but know, the value, we, can, we, we add some value here for these if people. We can, yeah. so. Then that, that's the huge thing is if we can mitigate the, the huge problems, maybe, you know, like, like you said, don't, don't do this. Yeah. Okay. You know, they may have been thinking about that and they may, may, may be going down that road, well, and, but yeah. they can notice it before kinda, it does. Kind of specifically. Like where it costs, you yeah. know, us thousands right. of dollars. So it may kinda, cost them a hundred bucks. Kind of right. specifically, this is this is the qu- kind of the questions I ask myself whenever I'm implementing a policy. and it, 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 it Not only does it have to work well for you now, but then think well, about it. Hey, is this going to work? Is this going to work whenever I have five mechanics employed by me? Right. That, that is it going to work said, at a larger scale? Like we're, we were talking about the, the charge account things, and it's worked well for you. Right. It, it didn't it wouldn't, didn't work well for us so yeah. something you know it, it can also be kind of tailor made to the individual shop the individual yeah. mechanic think about it well, work well for you it didn't work well for us and but. specifically specifically what i like to another another thing along the lines of you know building your policies or implementing things that are going to be future proofed or that are going to work in the future is just because it works now doesn't mean it's going to work later think about your rates so rates <laughs> yeah you know you could that when you first start out one. when you first start out and you don't have a huge volume and you don't have a you know you and you may not be thinking about things that you need to add to your cost of running the business and then as things grow you're adding more cost to it you're you know you may when you first start out say well you know i could 30 bucks an hour i can make plenty of money doing that but that's not sustainable as no. things progress. So this is in, in what, what your client base isn't a fan of is changing your rates every year as you grow every year. Mm-hmm. They're not going to like it. You're going to, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to make people angry. If they're going to like, Hey, why, why you keep raising the rates every single year? You know, you were just out here a couple months ago and you were 30 bucks an hour. Now you're 35 an hour. So what, what I wish I would have known is in, and this is a, kind of a good rule of thumb is think about what your rates need to be three to five years from now so that you can set your rate 
and not have to touch it for three to five years. Well, think about how... Obviously, you're going to have to change as inflation and the market changes and things like that. Right, right. But three to five years is a long enough... There's a short enough time frame, but long enough to where it can be a stable rate, a stable price. You also got to think about, and and every... Each one of us sitting here is a business owner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Each one of us, you know, we we all have someone that has worked for us. Yeah. We've got to think about, uh, you know, we've got... We currently have an assistant. Mm-hmm. I don't bill a customer per hour for him to work. Yeah. He he is paid by us as a company. Yeah. So you've got to also keep that mind built in to where in two years, say you're going to hire somebody. Yeah. Can you mm-hmm. still afford to pay that mechanic what he's worth? Mm-hmm. And is the company still going to make the money to be able to pay for the helper or the the overhead of the cost of your or think about this. Car, some things, some things a lot of people don't think stuff. about yeah. is continuing education. Mm-hmm. Vehicle technologies are changing all the time, and I find value in um, you know uh, continuing education, whether it be through you know a uh, tech course that's offered through your you know your commercial parts supplier, or whether which is typically oh, offered dead. through the yeah, which is off, typically offered through like a tech college or something like that. But continuing education. It can, you know, you may want to send your mechanics to a class or you may want to send yourself to a class. Or you, you, so well, these are, these are costs. You, you brought that up. Um, and they cost money. Well, and they're you rarely and I free. Went and did the, the two day course for uh, advanced. Mm-hmm. And that, that's part of how we know so much about the, the, uh, I'll tell as we do is because yeah. of that course. Uh, uh, that course was supposed to be a troubleshooting diagnostics course. So we pay for all of our guys to go. Yeah. Yeah. And in the long run, it actually turned into a sales pitch for the Alltel. But there really. is, but there are valuable. There, and it, there was a, there was a lot of valuable information, and not just in that. There. I don't want people to be deterred from going to tech classes. Well, right. I say, you know, but you can sign up for individual tech classes, right? As a as a shop without it being a sales pitch for a tool. If you right, like, I'm just using that one as a. That's the. What is a bad example, uh, Kenneth? <laughs> well, terrible. You, you got to watch for that stuff. Yeah. Because it was, we'll have to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one was, uh, you know, more, I can't really say marketed to us, but it was sold to us on the, that it was a troubleshooting and diagnostics course. Right, right. Yeah. But what they didn't tell us was it was a troubleshooting and diagnostics course on how to use the auto. How to use their stuff. Yeah. yeah. How, to, well, how to use this $5,000 piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. That's not what, if, if we'd have known that. There was no reason for us to tie up our guys but my, my, to go to this class, and it was a night class. And my initial point mm-hmm. was is that these are things you are going to want to do, and well, you can, right. and and well, and it's going to cost money, and so you you can't, you know, you're not even even if you think you can, you know, do well at fifty bucks an hour. Is there enough profit margin built in so that way you can pay your mechanics? As you expand, because eventually you're and going well, to need to. Well, any of your back office stuff comes out of that. Any of your, yeah. you know, everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to do 30 bucks an hour. That's plenty for me to make a living on, put gas in my truck. But there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Tools. Yeah. I mean, so you got to kind of factor well, those then, things in, you know, too. You look at the other side of it from, like, you don't, you don't want to feel like you're ripping your customer off. In the long run, you're not actually ripping your customer off because mm-hmm. you are taking care of the back office stuff. And you're learning the new technologies. You're buying the new tools. And you're available. Their vehicles, yes, right. and you're available to better serve them. You're uh-huh. adding. You're adding. To you're your adding service. the value to your service, right? And yeah. which makes it that much more. Because you don't want to be. I guess you can say. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy that you know. Everyone else has all of the new technology tools to handle these new things and and newfangled contraptions and the knowledge well, to do so, and then the not have anything years, available. In the last ten years, how many shops have you guys seen close? Oh, they you open see, and close all the time. Yeah, you see them close yeah. all the time. Well, and like uh, take the small towns where. You know, 
Bob's dad ran the shop down on the corner for 30 years. Yeah. He went out of business because the new technologies, he couldn't keep up with them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a big, that's a big part. What a lot of people don't think of They think, well, I'm a great mechanic now. Vehicle yeah. technologies change all the stinking time. Oh yeah. Well, Priuses, uh, you know, I know, I know like mechanics that. that'll run circles around, you know, me and you, me and you uh-huh. both know they'll run circles around us on old cars. But the car's got to be pre-1990. Yeah. Yeah. They'll run circles around us all gotta day long. Got to have a distributor, long. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you give them a, you give yeah, them a you vehicle give them that, a, that has electric got, power steering, mm-hmm. and they're like, what is this? Where's the power steering pump We've at? actually had a mechanic that searched He spent 20 minutes, minutes looking, for, looking a power, for a power steering pump yeah. on a vehicle that has electronic power steering. It, it blew his mind whenever I told him it had electronic well, electric I, power I steering. I did spend 20 minutes looking for a dipstick in an Audi one time. So. <laughs> That's My general rule of thumb is if I can't find the dipstick in about five minutes, yeah. it's probably not there. <laughs> I quit looking and I asked yeah. Google. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my pet peeves, by the way. I, you know, having something without a dipstick is stupid. I know that's off topic. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you, too. I agree with you 100% mm-hmm. on that. I feel like it is silly that I have to consult the uh, vehicle's computer to find yeah. out what the oil level is. Right. Those, those dipsticks can't cost that much money. Yeah, do I even have enough oil in it to start it? Let's yeah. Let's start there. Right? Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> most of those systems require you to start it to yeah, actually exactly. check the yep, oil that's, level. That's right. It's got to run for 10 minutes or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, I've been out of oil this entire time. Well, need a new engine anyway, now. Sorry, I, I took us down right Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. That's... <laughs> well, um, we've actually stayed on topic in this one. Well, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, so the... Uh, so... Thinking of the future, that's a big thing. Basically, usually, it's hard to think, where am I going to be in 10 years? So I like to say, where do you want to be in three to five years? What's your plan for three to five years? And those answers may not be exact, but to well, build the policies in mind to think, and you know, this will work fine for me now, you said but that, is it going to work? You, you asked me that same question almost three years ago. Yeah. And I am actually right right about where I wanted to be. Yeah. Well, because, that's, you know, three years ago, like... Uh, me and, me well, and that's Kayla a, looking for a house. And that's another point. That's another Three important. years ago was not a possibility. Yeah. And, and that's another important part is to have a plan and and stick to it. I mean, be flexible with your plan. You're going to have to call some audibles. But oh, have yeah. a plan. Yeah, that's no joke. Yeah. But have a plan and have an end goal in mind. That way you're not just kind of, you know, you know, aimlessly going at it. Like I said before, whenever I started, it was not. Whenever I started this business, it was just something going to be temporary. Yeah. And I was just kind of doing whatever. And then I noticed that it grew into something. Then when I got purposeful about it and set goals and had intentions with what I was doing, it it was way easier. It was way more structured. It grew a lot faster. And um, and things were working out way better for me once I had a purpose in mind instead of just kind of haphazardly going about it. There's still a lot of things I was reacting to because I didn't have... Mm-hmm. I didn't have the resources of a of a another business owner. I couldn't, you know, talk to some sixty year old guy who'd been around for, you know, years and had ran a mobile mechanic shop for forty years or something like that because right. they they just don't they're just no not really there. Thing. Well, when I when I started, I I actually had, had come into you know starting a business and I had a totally different business model. Yeah. It wasn't even mobile, right? So <clears throat> so back in October, I talked to some business people and said, yeah, that model is not good. And and we can talk about this some other time, but um, they talked about doing the mobile stuff. So mm-hmm. at that point, it was a pivot. And so I started from nothing. I'm like, okay, so I got to figure out how to do this. So I put some thoughts down, but you know, as I said earlier, I kind of just started going with it. And let's just see how this plays out, which, which is why it took me so long to get my first customer, right? But mm-hmm. it started snowballing from there. Um, 
Well, you know, because uh, people see you out. I mean, I had a, a lady pull up yesterday and was like, what are you doing? Well, I'm working on this lady's car. Yeah. In her, at her house, and, and she loved it, so she wanted some cards. So people love the idea. They just don't know about it. I mean, Yeah, and that's what that, we're, so. we're hoping to kind of, uh, you know, well, we're hoping to kind of break, you know, break we the can, news to everyone. We, yeah. we can, we we, can um, the whole, I guess the whole situation that, or my whole standpoint on this has been, you know, hopefully we can mitigate a lot of the, the hurdles, the that, hurdles that the new businesses the new would come up right, and that's right. I'm I'm always up for giving people plenty of advice and saying, look, this is what cost me a lot Didn't of money. Didn't we have this a guy from Georgia? Called? I had a guy from, uh, it was was it Georgia or Alabama? I think it was Alabama. One Somewhere the banjos play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere down south, deep south. Um, he called. Uh, he saw it came across our Facebook. He seen some of our. He had seen some of our videos, and he called me, um, contacted me because he was starting a mobile mechanic business out there, and wanted some advice. I spent you know an hour and a half on the phone telling him a lot of things that I wish I knew whenever I started. And he one of the things he told me whenever he called, he said, "Well, I figure with being way out here." Um, we're not going to be competition. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, if you were in Tulsa, I'd be having this exact you, same yeah, conversation right. with you. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you lived, if you lived next door to me, I'd be having the exact same conversation with you because I'm telling you right now, there's so much of this market that is open and available that realistically mobile mechanics aren't really competing with each. In fact, I wish I could well, compete with that, other mobile mechanics. Yeah. That also goes, to I wish there was enough around to where there was competition to mm-hmm. the point where, you, you know, know I'm, I'm constantly asked if, if we're competing with, well, I've seen this other guy. Uh, well, I think the thing about yeah, the who? competition is I think you were getting to the point of you can weed out the guys that don't belong. Yeah. And that's kind of what well, we're yeah. all trying to do. I mean, we all have the same goal of, you know, not necessarily putting business uh, out of business some of the shops around, but but changing the perspective because, how, you know, how many times is, do you talk to, especially women, and they're like, yeah. oh, I don't want to take my car in because I'm going to get ripped off. I just know mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so I know well, that I, I, I was... try to change that. I don't want those people to feel that I think way. it was you that I uh, had a conversation with uh, Friday I think it was yeah about uh, we need $1,200 out of her yeah just because of what well, she had that was just a story I heard car. from my mechanic right just because mm-hmm. she walked in with a coach purse and had money and and, and was driving a Mercedes they're thinking and, and again women are kind of vulnerable because yeah. and, and not all of them right I don't well, want to generalize we, but they don't know that. I mean yeah we you know all I have a conversation about yeah. you know I, I can I can explain something I can say something in the terms that you know, the two of you would understand everything I said. Yep. But my wife would look at me like a deer in the headlights. She has yeah. no idea what I'm talking about. Well, that's what like that's what a lot of service writers like to do. They like mm-hmm. to give you they like to give a lot of technical terms to make it sound like, well, this this guy's he's saying words I don't know. It sounds important. Let's use, let's use do this. Right. Use yeah. seven hundred words to say, Well, you need your oil change and your brakes done. <laughs> well yeah. and there's some fear fear mongering there too, right? Yeah. Can, oh man, you better have this done or else you might break down or you well, might I, have this problem. One of the biggest problem. tactics that and, they like well, to use is they last, like to say, I would never I wouldn't I wouldn't drive this yeah, car another yeah. mile. Well yeah. and I've I've actually used that term but it was legitimate like twice. Yeah. Right. And the the reason being is well that wheel is about to fall off. Yeah. Right. Your ball joint is separated. That wheel is coming well, that's, off. Yeah. That's the problem that sometimes we, we run into is because the, the, the industry's got the mechanic industry as a whole has kind of got that that um, that bad reputation of, of you know, taking advantage of people. Sometimes it's like, you know, the boy who cried wolf. And you know you're you're here you're here saying look your your tire is going to fall off and they're like nah nah it's not you you you're just saying that aren't you <laughs> right you know I I've had a couple of customers that I've told them you know they they had me come out because their wheel bearing's bad <clears throat> and uh, you know I'm looking at everything looking up you know whenever wheel bearing is bad I always look at the rest of the suspension mm-hmm. what caused that wheel bearing to go bad 
Right. And you can spot obvious signs of damage. I mean, we did that Friday. Yeah. Uh, but, you yeah. know, you can spot obvious signs of potential damage. And so, generally speaking, if I do ball joints, I recommend both sides. Yeah, I mean, I think on front-end work in general, I usually uh-huh. do yeah. one. I well, do both sides. I front, like to do that. I mean, it, obviously, end. if a customer's trying to save a little money, I mean, I'll work with them. But with the caveat of, hey, you mm-hmm. know what? You're going to be doing this one soon well, anyway. Yeah. So. I've had several customers, or I've had a couple of customers in the past that, no, nah, I don't want to do the other side. Just do the one side. That, right. that side looks fine to me. Okay. Two weeks later. They're on the phone with me, <laughs> scheduling to have the other side done yeah. because the other wheel fell off. Well, it's Which, like like pad slapping. It just drives me crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just there's no there's no reason for that in my opinion. Which which kind of brings well, up to, to explain another... to everybody what pad slapping means. Uh, pad slapping is where you just put brake pads on and you don't do anything with your rotors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, um, there's a lot of people that do it though. Yeah, yeah. Which brings up so it sort of brings up uh, kind of one of the Not things to... I wish I knew paperwork no, wise. Kind of <laughs> so uh, paperwork wise in. Um, in the beginning, you know, some of the things we didn't have in place, some things we've added, and we've added them because they have cost us money or a lot of time or both. Um, a piece of paperwork I like to have in place is a declination of services form mm-hmm. that specifically lists what we're recommending, and then the customer signing it saying, I decline to do this and understand the risks involved. Because you may think, they, they may say to you in person, they may say, oh, it's fine. I understand. It's, you know, if, if we don't do it. But if they show up in court. Well, and, <laughs> and when it happens to them, they're not fine. They don't understand. And, you know, they're, they're real upset about the whole thing. If you say, hey, look, I recommend that you also do this side of your front end because it's just going to cause more damage. And they say, nah, nah, we'll just do this one side. And then they... In, if you don't have a form in place and a week later it's torn up the whole front end, everything that you just did and the tires and they're asking you to pay for their tires, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, it, you could, you could be in a tough spot. So that's, those are the two that big one things. irritated me. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we did have to have that happen. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, was, Every was single one four, of these policies was it cost, for 800 that the tires cost. Um, I think we paid out of pocket. I think we, I think we ended up paying 400. Or something like that. That that job, we didn't even profit four hundred dollars on that job to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah, <laughs> to right. begin with, we made like a hundred and forty yeah. bucks. And and the thing is, and this is, you know, all of but these. That's that also being said that that's also what we're trying to get past. Yeah, because right. had it been any other, <clears throat> just you know, Billy Bob down on the corner with a bag of tools, mm-hmm. he would have just changed the name and skipped, you know, skipped yeah. on. Which we took we, care of. We it. have a, a happy client because of it. Right. We took care of it. But we now have, we have new paperwork in place that will protect us. Protect and does, us from that in the future as in well. In the case you where know, if I, someone doesn't And that brings it. up a point is like I, I often wonder like these guys with the tool bag, you know, insurance, right? I mean, yeah. how many people think about that? I mean, you're starting up a business and you're thinking you're just going to go run around fixing cars. And that's fine. But, well, but how many of these guys that, are insured? I mean, if you, you know. If you mess up somebody's car, don't tighten up an oil filter. Think of what can happen. Yeah. Then what? You know? It could or cost if money. If you make a mistake and a jack slips and you drop a car on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I there's mean, that's which is you know, a, the safety. The safety factor is another huge situation we've got to think of. Which yeah. is why. Which is why it seems like so. You may be you know you may be getting ready to start up a new mechanic business, mobile mechanic business. You may have already been doing it for a week or two or a couple months or even a year, and you're thinking, well, I, I get I'm just fine with thirty dollars an hour. Well, are there? Do you have a lot? Because <clears throat> as time progresses, there's going to be more things that you're going to start paying for that you realize that you needed in the legal from, services, you know, legal yeah. services, um, insurances, insurances, uh, yeah, yeah, accountings, accounting 
software that you might yeah. use. Uh, you know, scheduling There's a, stuff. Yeah. Those, right? Well, like card processors, when you're when you're a little guy, they stay relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. But as you start getting bigger, it start costing more and more money for yep. each. You know, like uh, like for us, for instance, for every person that we add to it. It's an additional five dollars a month that it costs us yeah, to have that to have yeah. to add a user, and mm-hmm. um, it, it costs extra money, and mm-hmm. and that's and that's so. This is why I always say, you know, what's your three well, to five same, year plan? Where are you going to be with, in three to? Five, does this policy work? Same thing with our paperwork, our yeah. our uh, uh, authorization form paperwork, and all that yeah. stuff. That same situation, you know, once you get to a certain point. Now the cost of it is doubling because you have X amount of users to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's based so, off, the cost is based you, off of your users. Yeah. So you have to think to yourself, d- does this price work for me? Does this rate work for me? Does this policy work for me in three to five years? Where do I want to be in three? Now in three to five years, you may just say, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to stick to the same scale. And so the policy may work now and, you know, in the future. I just, I found that when I was at 40 <clears throat> bucks an hour, I was not getting, uh, you know, the customers I were getting were, you know, they were difficult to deal with. You know, they, yeah. they look over your shoulder. You tell them it's going to be an hour and a half. You're coming up in an hour and 15 minutes and, you know, hey, you're not done yet. And, you know, those customers need service too. But, you know, I've gotten to the point where if somebody's complaining about what the cost of my service is, that they're probably not, not my customer. Right? Well, that's so, another thing. Right. So know well, your know your target demographic. Right, mm-hmm. right. What's the target that, what's your demographic that you'd like to be working with? Do you want to be... You know, are you targeting well, the, the you know, a, specialty high-end exotics and you're going to be working on, you know, real high-end luxury cars? Or, this is Tulsa, so I doubt it. Uh, no, there's, there's a big enough market for that. Really? There's plenty big enough market. Yeah. Here in Tulsa? Yes, here in Tulsa. You go to go down to Midtown where they're, they're knocking oh, I'd down. Oh, stay away from there. Where they're knocking down two or three houses to build their mini mansions <laughs> out there. <coughs> I mean. I, I stay away from over there. I've been like I, I was working on a, a seventy thousand dollar Land Rover um, down that direction, and 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 that was that was the cheapest vehicle that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was his that was his inexpensive car. Right. And his sixteen year old daughter driving a yeah. brand new BMW or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, yeah. So there's <laughs> those you know that that demographic works. So is that your demographic? If that is, then you need to build your model around it. If your demographic is kind of the mid range and you're trying to be you know competitive with uh, other brick and mortar shops. Or, you know, is your demographic going to be, <clears throat> you know, dealerships and you just want to do a bulk, you know, bulk work at low cost and run in there and just do a whole bunch of work? That, that could be, that could be your cup of tea. It's not mine, but could be. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we, we probably need to start wrapping this up pretty soon. Yeah, a little bit. The, the final um, thing that, um, I guess my final input would be is also stand your ground. Yeah, don't negotiate. Yeah, that's, that's a big one because, you mm-hmm. know, that... I did that a lot, and and you know, so now so I'm just I. taking money out of my pocket, and well, so so did I, and then you know, there's because you of think times about it, you know, sometimes you like you're like, okay, the bill is going to be hundred and fifty dollars, and they say, well, can you do hundred and twenty, and you think, well, I can, can you give me a discount? Yeah, yeah and whatever, you're like, well, right? I can do thirty bucks off. Uh, that's yeah, not going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt. That happens this time, and then the next time they need a really big job where you know transmission, yeah. you got a thousand dollars just in the transmission. And then and they're you, like, well, can, can you do the transmission for 900 But No, I can't. Right. And, and usually they like to hold off negotiations till the very end after you've done the work. Yeah, right, uh-huh. right, right. So yeah. you, you want to set a precedence and say, look, I don't negotiate. Because here's... Well, and that's why I kept my anonymity <clears throat> that I did for so long was because I was able to stand behind that and be like, well, it's Matt's Mobile Mechanics. I'm not... I'm, I'm Kenneth. 
but yeah. it, it goes to your point of you've got this the sheet they sign and this is what it yeah. costs this mm -hmm. is, what, is so when they come back and say well no you signed right here that this is the price you're going to pay mm -hmm. yeah because this is what and, it cost me right yeah you know? and, and and you know even if you think well i can you know i can get you know, twenty dollars. I can survive if I let twenty dollars go just to just well, to. Well, but you know, if you let twenty dollars go for one job, and I do, you know, we do that four times a week that's or a five times a piece. That's that's two hundred dollars a uh, yeah. That and, we lost I, that I, and I think people need to realize, that, and I sure, I'm sure you've run across this a lot, is that ultimately we're usually cheaper than a brick and mortar shop. Yes. And, oh, yeah. and by the way, we're more convenient. So mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you can beat me up all you want, but I'm driving <laughs> in my truck. I'm coming here to work on your stuff. You're you know you're not inconvenienced. I mean, think of all the. Well, one of the things I try to get across to people is what's your time worth. I mean, if you're sitting yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a room for an hour, my, my time is worth 100 bucks an hour. It's easy, right? Yeah. And I could be doing something fun other than sitting in there, you know, drinking some bad well, coffee and, or whatever. Like, yeah. So. There, there's a lot of people that they have to take time off of work to uh -huh. get the vehicle That's to right. the shop. Cost them money. Cost money. Either cost money or vacation time. Thing. But yeah. people don't think about that a lot of times. So. <clears throat> yeah. But, and that's why I was saying, you know, you know stand your ground. Right. And, and, and don't, if I've seen a lot of mechanics do it, particularly the reason that I brought that up was because you were talking about the dealership situation. Yeah. I've seen a lot of mechanics sit there and they will cut corners for them. Yeah. I well, will not cut corners. That's another pet peeve is that we, and Matt and I had this conversation when you're working as like with used car dealers a lot, you know, Hey, would you put some tape over that check engine light? Uh, no, I will not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, the thing that I found funny right. about it. Is they're like, well, if you do this, you can. We'll allow you to put your, your card in the glove box. <laughs> no, I'm not. Right. Yeah, right. I don't want people to know. <laughs> so that you I want this rolling piece of junk with my card in it, <laughs> yeah. saying I fixed it? No, I don't think. Yeah. So. No, that, no, I don't want nothing to do with that. Yep. And, that and that's my biggest pet peeve is you know I stand my ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if because if, if you I don't let... feel something is safe that I'm willing to put my wife and kids in, I won't let you put yours in it. Yeah, right? I, I don't. I, I have the same policy as the U.S. does. I don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta, you have to, you have to make. And if someone's confused about it and they say, "Well, why can't you do it?" and you say, "Well, when you go to the grocery store and the cashier says that it's you know three hundred seventy-two dollars and eighty-four cents, you don't negotiate with them because that's their price. It's set. There's yeah, no negotiations, that's right. mm -hmm. and that's just that's just how it is. And it, and the 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 harder of the line that you walk on the and not. And so not just stand your ground in negotiations, your policies as well. This is another big thing. Not just your policy. Don't make exceptions to your policies mm -hmm. ever. If Not if it's for friends, not if it's for family, not if it's for you. You need to follow your own policies. The I, rules I that you that wrote in purpose. I that look you're giving me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has that happened before, Ken? <clears throat> Maybe. <laughs> We've learned lessons. Yep. The policies are in place. <laughs> I may have spearheaded a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. We've, you've, you wrote those policies, your rules. You shouldn't even be able to break your own rules. That's right. So if the rule is, you know, uh, you, your mechan you know, the mechanics aren't getting paid, until <clears throat> until paperwork is done and you're the owner of it and you do work and you don't get the paperwork done you don't get paid till you do the paperwork that's how it should be because what happens the reason why you wrote that policy is to make sure p paperwork gets done and yeah. and you know there was an incentive in it so if you as the owner fail to do that even or you know same same situation you do you know mechanic goes out there they don't have authorization form signed they do the work they spend seven hundred dollars in parts which is number one, they broke the policy on the parts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number two, they didn't sign the paperwork, and number three, they left the job without being paid. Those are all. Those are all policies. All policies that yeah. were broken. There were three safeguards then, in place. And then they come at me wanting to get paid for a job that. Yeah. 
No, I'm not paying. I've found well, that you know, <laughs> you've had a lot more mechanics than I have, but I yeah. found the mechanics that I've had are they don't like doing paperwork. They, no, they hate no, it they and they don't want to do it. Yeah. So that's a great policy. And, and you have to make the and you have to, to make done. and obviously you try and make the paperwork as seamless and easy as possible well, to to. You've, right. you've seen let how, it get how done. our paperwork goes. Yeah, and that's the the same. It's in in so so you're so to to not negotiate and stand your ground on your rates. You also need to you also need to obviously stand your ground on your policies, yourself included. Follow your own policies and your own guidelines because what happens when you start making exceptions to those rules is it gets real hard to track. Okay, who am I doing special favors for? Who is getting who's who's not having to do this? That who's are, not having to do that? That are my my favorite one. Well, you know, I'll stand to my policy, ma'am. I can't do you know. Sir, ma'am, whatever. I can't do that. Yeah. Well, Matt said. Yeah. <laughs> they like whoa, to, whoa, wait yeah. a minute. Matt wrote the policy. Especially if you have like two, you have more than one person working in your company. They may try and play play each other against each other. And if you know for a fact, <laughs> if you know for a fact that nobody is getting any special treatment and everyone has the exact same policy, I, I had that one. And in this particular case, <clears throat> I am an owner of this company. Mm-hmm. And me and Matt had discussed this particular situation multiple times before I ever even went out there. For this extremely difficult client. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt said, you no, Matt did not. My job was to come out here, put this together, and walk away. Yeah. It's together. I'm walking away. Mm-hmm. Stand and your ground. Don't be afraid to fire your customer. Yeah. That was another one of those that we were That was to one. Go oh, yeah. I think we all have had those customers. Yeah. So. Do not you be get, afraid to fire your customer. Well, yeah. you have to do a profit analysis. Basically, you're going to run a profit loss on this. Uh, whenever you look at a customer, if you're if you're thinking to yourself, well, this customer is taking up a lot of my time. Um, you got to, you know, this person's always, you know, arguing with me, always haggling with me. And you look at it and think, well, how much time am I actually spending on it? Start running the numbers and you'll a lot of times find that it's not. Like you, it may look we, like you're making money just but the not. other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a couple of days ago, because the last time we did work for him, we got caught in the middle of him mm-hmm. and his side piece and his main piece. And we got, oh, we got yeah. caught in the crossfire on this whole thing. Right. And we're, we're innocent bystanders in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had nothing to do with him coming over here and sleeping with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. There's too but much drama. Associated we, we got with targeted that in that because. We were there fixing his car. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And it got caught at her apartment complex. Yeah, we were getting... We so... Were, there's too much drama involved. And we're like, no right. thank... And that, it, that name came up, and I was like, I know that name. Well, mine was... Why a, do I know that name? <laughs> mine was a customer who... And, and I'm sure you've had these customers. You go fix one thing, and then anything that happens to that vehicle from then on, you caused it by changing yeah. the battery, and you know, yeah. now my engine won't, you know... Yeah, uh, you, changed, uh, you changed the uh, belt tensioner, and now things... Uh, now yeah, the, the brakes are start. bad, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. My brakes are squeaky. So that's one of my you customers. You changed my starter. My fuel pump went out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love this particular customer because she had four boys that just drove the crap out of their cars. <laughs> and But but that was it. I mean, I, I kept having to go back to check it out again. And, and you know, nothing was wrong that I did. That, and so it's costing me money. And that's right? a tricky situation, too, because you're, you know, you want to, you want to kind of assume the customer's innocent until proven guilty. And right. you want to assume that, you know, so you're not billing well, them beforehand. In, so you're going out case, under its, you know, as under the idea that you're checking up on warranty work. Right. And right. it turns out it had nothing to do with you type of a deal. Yep. And it's costing you money, you know, you know, money and gas, your time. 
every time that you're going out, if you're going out three times after every single vehicle or every single repair that you do, say you make a hundred bucks profit off of a job or even 500 mm-hmm. bucks profit. If you've gone out four or five times after that to check up on it, your profit margin starts and, dwindling. And, and that's just it. Your, your time is worth something. And you got to remember yeah. that a lot of people, I forgot that it is like, Oh, it's just my time. I don't have to pay myself, but yeah, yeah you do have to pay yourself. Well, you at the end of the day, you know, and we've had the same, the same situation. And now granted some of the jobs that we've had to go back out was because <clears> of, you know, other mechanics, making mistakes or whatnot mm-hmm. but there's been times where we've spent the better part of 15 20 hours redoing work because somebody else made a mistake yeah yeah and we very well cannot we cannot bill the client because this guy made a mistake right and you know yeah. ultimately it ended up being a, uh, a career ender for him but you know we still had to go back we still had to make it right we still had to spend money out of our pocket and this job we ended up not only net zero on it but we ended up negative if you add our, if you factor in the amount of hours that we put into the job plus mm-hmm. the additional parts yeah. that we had to purchase, which I guess you, we went, you know, we, when you $2, have to negative in it, you, right. so you have to. Well, I guess what Frank was talking about was with you know a customer who's going to cost you time, keep coming back, keep coming back, and it's not. I know exactly <clears throat> what Frank was talking yeah. about. That particular customer, you should know who I'm talking about. Which one? Well, you don't have to say it on air. I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't. Yeah, you do. I may. <laughs> um, it may have been oh. long enough ago. Well, once we get off of here, I'll tell you who it is, oh, okay. and you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So the oh, Honda CRV. Oh, okay. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. So yeah. the the this is had nothing to do with us. After everything was said and done, correct. The, the yes. heart of the problem had. Oh, nothing I see to what do you're saying. Us. That's so. That's in context to me. What it sounded like to me was that you were saying that a previous mechanic messed up, and the reality no, was no, that the no. other mechanic, okay, our mechanic, did I, okay, not. Okay, I see where you're talking about. That's now. why I was getting confused. Our mechanic did not mess up, and ended up. It ended up it not ended up having being, to do. Anything. It had nothing to Somebody do with else, us, yeah. but after, because <clears> we had to keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back, and oh, it cost it had us nothing. Money. It cost us a lot of money, and it had nothing to do with us. And well, and I think you, you real quick, you brought up a good point is that, you know, you should maybe not on every job, sit down and do the profit and loss analysis on that job because I didn't do it for a long time. And then I started going back and looking at jobs like, well, I thought I made good money on that. And I did yeah. make money on it, but not what I thought, you know, if you, well, if we, you have, we currently have one, one client that is like right there on that, on that line mm-hmm. that we, we end up going out there a lot, but there's sometimes, you know, every other job we go out there, it turns mm-hmm. out to be a great thing. And then just boom just this one situation we're constantly going back to it and yeah it's and so completely irrelevant to what the, we did the right. times that i analyze this whenever i look at it is usually if it if it if it if i notice it becomes kind of a consistent thing where i'm having to keep going out and i'm getting in the in the client the the particular customer's well, costing client, me time we, we'll see we'll hear from them another time and then like three months later for yeah. three four months we won't hear from them at all another mm-hmm. time to look at your um, another time to look at what your profitability is on a particular job is also whenever you're considering, you know, need if you need a specific tool for that job. Mm-hmm. So whenever you need a tool, or as it as it starts, if it if it peaks, you know, if you start to notice that it's costing you a lot of time with this particular customer, you start looking at it and then decide how much how much money am I how much time am I actually spending on it, how much money am I making, and then do the math, and you may find out you're making a lot less money per hour than you want to be. Right. Absolutely, and We've and that's in, another. There's been one, a couple situations one quick, where we're we're paying money to make to work on some. One car. quick piece of advice I'd like to give out is you need to pay yourself as a like as an employee. You you need to you need to separate your your labor your your pay your salary however you want to do it from your business profits. The Which business money belongs to it. the business. 
and your money as an employee or as a administrator is paid to you separately. So if I turn a wrench, I'm getting paid like a mechanic. You know, I'm paying myself as a mechanic and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not, whenever I go out and do a job, I don't get to keep all of the money that comes in. There's, you know, I get paid as a mechanic and then the business profits, the business profits. Uh, whenever you're buying things, you know, at first, obviously you're going to be spending a lot of your own money. You know, you're not going to have the business's funds per right. se. Uh, unless you've unless you've saved up capital to get going and <clears throat> you've got yourself you know capital and this is this is the business's money, which is smart to separate from your own personal money. Yeah, um, I, I always keep mine separate. Always yeah. have. Mm-hmm. So. It's the smartest that, way. That's to how do it. that's how mine is too. It's not only is it the smartest way to do it, but it's a good way to it's a good way to it's obviously a good way to be able to analyze your profits and then on top of that have. Uh, you have to have some well, form of a budget that, to work with whenever it comes to expansion. You know, if you've got mm-hmm. your your company account, you know all your company st- stuff separated. I'm yeah. a little far from the mic there. If you have all your company stuff separated, you can see the coming and going of your money. Yeah, and yeah. you don't have to worry about well, was did my wife pay the electric bill? Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why, why is this Why is this hundred and fifty dollars missing? What What is this? Yeah. You know, you can kind of you can kind of compartmentalize. Yeah. Your your finances and realize which you know, is a whether, big thing. Not just keep the money separate, mm-hmm. like in a budget, but keep it separate in a separate account. Well, that, that's yeah. like whenever we do business lunches or whatnot. Yeah. You know, we have our instead of paying with our credit card or whatever, we pay with our company card for that purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it makes it easier to track when it comes time for taxes and all right. of that because you know right. we obviously have our receipts. But we can actually go back onto the bank statements, and we can actually pinpoint it on that statement. Yeah, yeah. And there's not as much to sort through, which as is far what as a lot of personal finance. That is it. That is that's not that's just that's good business advice in general to any industry. Yeah, that's well, that's, that's, that's where a lot of yeah. young businesses fail to understand is that they need. That's also what we were kind of doing. Was yes, trying to yeah, do a little bit of an overarching. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah. Which is which is why I brought it up because <laughs> Bam, I saw I'm on it. Topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it happen. Um, I saw it happen, and and I made that mistake in a, in previous earlier business endeavors. My first company I that the, I I did the same thing at the beginning of this. Yeah, I was doing the uh, doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But we we got away from that after yeah, we getting my, reamed a few times. My first, mm-hmm. <laughs> my first, um, uh, my first business. I didn't really have it. You know, I didn't initially have it set up as you know. This is the business's money. This is my money. Things got real confusing there for a little bit, and it got real difficult to track everything. Well, and not, and also, you know, if you got a business partner like we do, yeah, like like you and I. It makes it really difficult if I'm running personal finances through there or if you're running them through there. Yeah. It makes it hard to track as far as, mm-hmm. okay, well, what was this bought on Amazon? Oh, well, I bought something for my dog or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes it really hard to, to track all of that well, stuff and keep the numbers. And, 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 and it like is if you tricky. If at the end of the year, so it's, it's hard to... Yeah, it's it's definitely got to keep them separate. You have to Mm -hmm. keep them separate, and then you also have to remember to treat yourself. Whenever you're doing employee tasks, you need to treat yourself like an employee as far as pay-wise goes. It gets that's a big mistake that a lot of people make when they first start out is that they're like, okay, well, I'm gonna charge forty-five bucks an hour, and I'm gonna make forty-five bucks an hour, and that's gonna go into my account, and I'm gonna make. Well, the business needs profits. The business Mm -hmm. needs money because the business you need to assign that money specifically to the business. Now, if you have a surplus of money, and you want to cut yourself a bonus. Go right ahead. That's your financial decision to make. But you need to have something. You need to have money to operate your company Yeah, from. you need to have money to operate your company from, and it, and it needs to be considered seriously separate. Don't ever think to yourself, well, a little short on cash. Wouldn't be a big deal if I just uh, 
use the business account or something like that. Technically, mm-hmm. that's embezzling. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're embezzling from yourself, <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. the only person in your company. <laughs> Hi. The law sees it as embezzling. <laughs> it's just... It's, it's not just, my money, but It's maybe just I smart business practice. Well, and I will say, too, you know, run what you can through the business uh, for yeah. tax purposes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got oh, people yeah. saying, hey, you even take a vacation or something, go talk business with somebody. I mean, that's kind of maybe extreme, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, the things you do for the business, definitely make sure you run them through the business because yeah. there's mm-hmm. tax implications. Well, the, the whole the whole Omaha situation, when we went and did that, that was all. We weren't going up there for a vacation or nothing like right. that. We were specifically up there for opening the Omaha division. Although my brother lives up there, so it was kind of like I got to visit my niece and nephews and stuff. Well, that's, yeah. that's your brother. It wasn't my brother. I was yeah, there for business. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well... Um, which I also want to point out if people start uh, one if people are listening at Omaha and they're like, oh, hey, I can call Matt's Mobile Mechanics. That division was a soft launch. I'd like to point that out. And it is yeah, presently keep, not active. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do keep mentioning that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're likely going to relaunch it at some point or another. It's just there's a there's winter challenges up there that we're trying to we're trying to work out. Which again, yeah. know your limitations. Yeah. Hence, we ran into these winter challenges. <laughs> Omaha is it gets it gets cold up there and snowy and it stays cold for a long time and the winter can be challenging so we're you know that's we're uh we're if we relaunch it we're gonna have to come up with we're gonna we're coming up with some we're gonna have to come up with some ingenuitive and innovative ways to keep people from getting frostbite when they're working on cars yeah i mean i'm, I'm not jacking up a car and you know two feet of snow I yeah say. oh we, it's we, it gets, we actually have a policy in place if the water's too cold to work so am i yeah yeah no and that's a great policy because yeah. you know we 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 did that uh, last year we were out uh it was we had an ice storm and we're out in the middle of that well we started and then it started ice storming and we're we're in the middle of you know doing brakes on a on a jeep and of course now you're sliding around it becomes yeah. dangerous so um, we we did a similar situation. Uh, wasn't this past year, but the year before. Transmission, it's fourteen degrees out. The wind is blowing. Oh, we just stop every fifteen minutes, hop in the truck, and warm up just so mm-hmm. we could feel our hands. And there yeah. was there was three of us on that job. Yeah, yeah. And it took way too long. That's what. That's where knowing your or you know doing doing basically an analysis is this worth the time? And mm-hmm. if we you know realistically it took way too long just because it's too cold the job yesterday i had to i had to postpone it because of the the slope of their driveway i couldn't do it safely yeah there's just you know, yeah i could yeah. not do it safely because of the slope i feel of the like so yeah. i feel like there's there's going to be um more likely than not we're gonna have to do a continuation of this subject at some point or another we're gonna have to have another episode because there's a lot there's just a zillion things that we could cover um well, and then the we can go into specifics a regular uh no, not at all. I mean, yeah. as long as you guys can tolerate me. I yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I've worked with Matt for three years, so I can... Well, I you don't know me yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I usually get along with old people. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm out of here. You guys you guys are killing me, man. <laughs> all right. So, um, well, that being said, um, I guess... What, uh, what just happened? Well, uh, the... the uh, it just the screensaver came on but with that being said I guess that's a sign or uh, we'll see you later next next episode I don't plan on seeing any of them what who I'll talk to them but I'm not going to see